Hello, the 42 Rugby Weekly listeners. Gavin Casey here. As you've probably heard by now, Murray Kinsel and I will be heading down to Liberty Hall Theatre on Wednesday for our big Rugby World Cup preview night, where we'll be joined by 2015 Rugby World Cup finalist with Australia, Scott Fardy, and 2023 Rugby World Cup winner with Ireland, James Lowe. Tickets are €20 and available on www.the42.shop. We're really looking forward to seeing you down there. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. If you're working as an accountant and you lose your job, nobody really notices. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> it is Tommy Moe! Robbie Robbie Weekly. Little reverse pass, and Hello and welcome to an emergency edition of the 42 Rugby Weekly. Gavin Casey here in studio on World Cup Squad Announcement Day, joined by the 42's Ryan Bailey. How are you, Ryan? Gav, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. Sean Farrell is in the building. How are you, Sean? I'm still in shock, Gav. (laughs) (laughs) And we're joined on the line by Murray Kinsler. We have a full complement of uh, rugby writers slash con artist, content <laughs> producers in the presenter's chair. How are you, Murray? Yeah, I'm good. I'm starting to calm down now a little bit. It's been a pretty exciting uh, night and morning. Loads of <laughs> rumours floating around and trying to cut the, the truth out of it. Um, yeah, it's been really ex- uh, exciting time, I guess, for, for Irish rugby and certainly lots for us to talk about. Absolutely. So just to take you through the squad on the off chance you haven't seen it by the time you hear this, uh, three hookers, Rory Best, Niall Scannell, Sean Cronin. Props are Keen Healy, Dave Kilcoyne, Tyke Furlong, John, John Ryan and Andrew Porter. At lock, it's our first area of, uh, well, controversy, essentially. James Ryan, Ian Henderson, Jean Klein and Tyke Burns. So no Devon Toner there. Back rows, uh, Peter Romani, CJ Stander, Jack Conan, Josh van der Fleer and Reese Ruddock, who's maybe a surprise inclusion based on what we had thought. Scrum halves. Another surprise here, Conor Murray and Luke McGrath. So no Kieran Marmion. Out halves, Johnny Sexton, Joey Carberry, Jack Harty. Uh, in the centre, you've got Bundyaki, Robbie Henshaw, Gary Ringrose and Chris Farrell. And Farrell's inclusion means that in the back three, there is no Will Addison. And instead it is Jacob Stockdale, Rob Carney, Keith Earls, Jordan Larmer and Andrew Conway. So Murray, you've been um, kind of on the go there all day. And certainly when the squad was per se leaked earlier on this morning before the official confirmation from Joe Schmidt you're right on top of it what's your interpretation or your overall reaction firstly to the squad and some of those surprise inclusion slash exclusions yeah well you alluded to the second row there that's the standout headline Devon Toner absent from the squad I think will will be a big shock to everyone I was certainly surprised last night when I started hearing a bit of rumor around that and um, kind of fleshing that out a little bit and it became apparent that he wasn't going to be amongst those four options um a big surprise given that he has 67 ireland caps he's been ever present really for joe schmidt both at leinster and with ireland um, for his entire tenure the key lineout caller a guy who they've relied on in that sense certainly and anytime the, the line has gone poorly he's he's not been in the team essentially he's been a real set piece specialist he's he's scrummaged a tight headlock for them moved over to loose headlock when when james ryan came into the team and really was a leader and and as recently as november 2018 he was standing out against the all blacks in in a massive victory in dublin so it's turned around quite quickly for him i think for the first time in his career or certainly in the last few years he he picked up a number of injuries his ankle was at him and i think that's really slowed him down um it is still it is still a shock that he's not in that squad but by all accounts, he probably hadn't had his best preseason. He, he probably didn't look as mobile maybe as, as some of the other second row options. Uh, and Jean Klein looks to be the real winner there, along with Ty Byrne. 
Um, I know some people will say, listen, it wasn't John Klein versus Devin Toner, but Klein is certainly the one who benefits. Um, he'll be that second tight head lock behind behind James Ryan rather than Devin Toner filling that slot. And what a rise he's had, you know, two two Ireland caps and obviously didn't go particularly well from against England, but Joe Schmidt has been quite honest in how much he likes him all along the way and, and he gets into that squad. Um, it is a concern. Listen, I'm sure we'll talk about the line out a little bit. It is a concern for Ireland and a risk that essentially their, their main go-to guy in the line out isn't going to be part of the squad. So that's the big headline. But I guess you mentioned Kieran Marmion missing out there. Another guy who's been really influential, I guess, in squads under Joe Schmidt and has played on some big days. But but Luke McGrath uh, edges that one. Again, Like we don't see what happens in Carton House and in their training camps over summer. But from what I've heard, Luke McGrath has been really, really sharp um, and is in superb shape. And um, that possibly has edged him in there as well. But listen, there's loads to talk about. But for me, Devon Toner missing out is the big one. Yeah, Devon Toner is the big one, a, a massive absence, not just figuratively. Sean, John Klein, emulating another Irish rugby grade and Greg O'Shea showing up for a fortnight and coming away with the spoils. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, are you, like Joe Schmidt said to Michael Corcoran of RTE, who seemed to be the first person to speak with Joe after this squad was confirmed or possibly spoke to him before the confirmation, he mentioned how Klein is a specialist tight head lock, which is something that has entered rugby parlance quite recently and suddenly playing on one side of the role like is very important compared to being adaptable or, or playing on either side. Um, how big of a surprise does it come to you that Klein has essentially edged Toner out? I know it mightn't have been a one-on-one duel, as Murray says, mm. but look, one guy is in and the other guy isn't. Yeah, I, I- like before these warm ups started, we all had kind of uh, earmarked John Klein as a guy who was going to be a bolter, who was going to make it in the squad, even though he wasn't actually qualified when uh, when we all started talking about him when he was named in the squad. But yeah, his 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 mall defense is something that has uh, has always been highlighted, and despite what I think Murray alluded to there, too, pretty steady if unspectacular um appearances in green so far uh yeah he's right in there and as you say them toner always seem to do fine on, on the tight head side as well um so it really is just a case of um injuries and and uh the literal weight that, that Devon toner has to carry around just by the sheer size of the man is finally slowing him down and um yeah obviously his his overall impact around the pitch isn't doesn't stack up with uh, his obvious merits and the easy target he, he gives us in the line out. Last week on the podcast, we made the point that Ireland had become apparently too reliant on Devon Toner in that if the line was to function uh, optimally, he would have to be part of that process with Rory Best as well. Bernard Jackman made the point that you are essentially carrying around two guys who are past their athletic prime and against packs especially who are filled chock-a-block with world-class athletes that that was a serious risk it seems as though it was a risk too far for joe schmidt but ryan when you look at the ireland line out now um how concerned should we be as to its functionality obviously james ryan's introduction i suppose presumably included with uh ian henderson joe schmidt is confident that it can be fairly well oiled and that one of the key components in its success over the last few years isn't quite integral anymore yeah it's a funny thing because remember sean we were at the aviva for the first warm-up game against italy and even watching events unfold at twickenham a couple of weekends ago and 
you know, Dev Toner was on the bench for both those games and you're thinking, Jesus, stock is rising here again as he sits on the bench. And he was one of those few players that mm. that was happening. But here we are, fast forward a couple of weeks later. And as you say, Schmidt has obviously deemed him surplus to requirements in that regard. You know, obviously he missed most of the Six Nations. So Schmidt had that obviously window to to see that the line out can function without him in that regard. And as the lads have been saying that, you know, that knee injury picked up against Munster in the semi-final of the Pro 14 at the end of May as well. He just started picking up a few knocks and niggles that were sending him back and, you know, the age he's at and the kind of, the amount of workload in his legs over the last couple of years, you know, it's just caught up with him, I suppose. And, you know, we've seen during the, during the warm-up games that, particularly against England, that you, you can't have a passenger in the second row and, what he gives in the line out, obviously Schmidt feels that he has someone in, in James Ryan that we saw on Saturday against Wales that can come in and can do that job and lead from the front like Toner has done in the past. It's it's a huge call. It's still a huge call um, to leave someone of Devon Toner's experience, calibre, organisation at the line out. Like he's played in 50 of Schmidt's 67 games in charge um, and most of those games that he's missed have come in the last year or so if you think that he missed um, for the Six Nations games um, and so it's a, it's a huge call but at the same time you you back you know James Ryan, Ian Henderson, Tyke Burr and John Klein there's still serious options there and add as the lads were saying a lot more dynamism uh, physicality around the pitch and, and even Dev when he came on on, on Saturday at, um, in Cardiff you could just see he, he takes a while to get going at his age now and you know Schmidt obviously feels he can't really carry a passenger at this World Cup. When you when you've got thirty one in a squad, you need to get that balance right. Yeah, just uh, just just on the lineup, Gav, the the pressure comes on Ian Henderson now in a, in a major way. He's the frontline caller for Ireland. He did it again at the weekend there, and the lineup was improved. They won six out of seven, I think, against the Welsh. However, they won all six of those at the front of the line-out. Really simple stuff. They didn't even jump off the ground for one of them. And the only time they did try to throw to the middle, they got picked off by the Welsh. So that's a, a massive burden on his shoulders. The RFU have actually put out a little video with Joe Schmidt now explaining some of the decisions. And he also indicates there that, listen, we need Ian Henderson to step up. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a burden on him to, to lead that area of the game really well and call intelligently and have players in the line-out who can move really well because that's one of the issues they had against England. They were slow on the ground. And that's probably something we actually missed in our podcast last week. We didn't really analyse um, Jean Klein's contribution to that. He was very slow on the ground. They didn't actually lift him once. He didn't jump a single time to claim the ball because he's such a heavy, bulky lock. So potentially if he's in your second row, you, you, you lose out in that regard in the line-out and it might not be as kind of noticeable a thing, but it is important. I guess just on Klein, he'll play in those probably Russia-Samoa games, you'd imagine. Um, and that's probably part of Schmidt's thinking as well. Like He's seen more of these players up close. He's seen what condition they're in. And I think he's back inclined to, to make an impact in those games. With, with Ryan and Henderson, clearly his first choice front row. And deservedly so, Ryan's return was unbelievably immense physically against the Welsh. He looks like he's put on a couple of kg. Um, and has fully kind of developed himself physically in, in that sense. So he'll be... Alongside Henderson, you imagine that first choice front row, but Henderson will really have to nail that line-out calling, um, as well as those guys around him just being quick and sharp with their movement. Is it not a monumental gamble, though, Murray? And when you go back to what we were saying last week about some of the planning that has been done over the last four years and how some of it has probably gone off the tracks a little bit or at least deviated from the set plan over the last few weeks, um, like we don't 
certainly in the eyes of observers who've watched the Irish team over the last four or five years, we don't have an enormous sample of or body of work to judge from wherein we've had a really well-oiled line-out that doesn't include Devin Toner. And even Schmidt talking yeah. about uh, Ian Anderson having to to step up and put his best foot forward, it's kind of going into the unknown a little bit, regardless of how well it's been functioning in training. Yeah, like I think Schmidt will point to, what, 91% line of success in this year's Six Nations. However, I, I'd quite question the quality of some of that ball mm. um, without Devin Toner. And I guess we have to remember that we are very critical of Schmidt often for being very rigid in his ways and and always sticking to some kind of plan rather than looking at form. I know Sean Klein probably hasn't shown that form, but Schmidt's showing, I guess, a bit of willingness to to slightly deviate from his plans, even with Marmy and say at scrum half and, and his sense that Luke McGrath is the guy who's kind of coming up to, to top form in that slot as well. Like Devin Toner, yeah, you're right. We tallied up the minutes just before the, kind of as the warm-up games kicked off and he was the second most used player in terms of minutes played in this World Cup cycle behind Conor Murray. So in that sense, he has been integral to it all along but look Schmidt he's the one who has to make these really tough decisions like I can only imagine how hard some of them even in the back three we mentioned Will Addison um, missing out a guy who looked really good again last weekend but Schmidt I guess has shown a, a little sense of willingness to to maybe deviate from his own plans potentially um, and I guess we have to underline it is a very strong squad like the the, the temptation now is to be feeling that Devon Toner is very hard done by but there's real quality across that that squad. Ty Byrne is in there. Everyone wanted to see that. And we can't overlook the fact that he's there covering the second row, but I would imagine most likely as an impact sub at six, even off the bench, he's going to be a real potential game changer for Ireland. And, and Chris Farrell's worked his way into that squad with some quite powerful performances. I know he will have been disappointed with dropping the ball five metres out against the Welsh last weekend, but um, he gets in and Conway in the back three as well, I think is really deserving of his opportunity, as well as Jack Cardi, who stepped up as that third choice um, out half. So look, there's loads of quality in there. Yes, it, it is very disappointing for Devon Toner and it could certainly come back to haunt them. I think it is a risk, but we've criticised Schmidt for not taking risks in the past and, and that's what he's doing here. True enough, yeah. It must have been a disgusting conversation to have well, yesterday as well with Devon Toner, so. a guy who has put, you know, a decade or more yeah. Into that, into that. Well, into Irish rugby, generally speaking, Imagine and then Dev looking down on on Joe just as they're the <laughs> And then yeah. suddenly, you know, after all of your efforts, a guy who's been, you know, a, a two cap international from South Africa is is there in your stead. But the game is the game, and uh, look, that's the way it goes. Um, let's talk then about some of those other. Uh, decisions made by Schmidt. Another very, very tough one must have been to leave Kieran Marmion out, however well Luke McGrath has been operating purely because Marmion has been kind of seen as one of Schmidt's guys. Like he, I'm pretty sure he had a, a specific training program under Schmidt at one point or another. He's been kind of the de facto backup to Conor Murray in the pecking order for the last few years and never really seemed to have put a foot wrong for Ireland even when you think of him showing up on the wing against Australia and doing an absolute job there um, Ryan it's a huge vote of confidence in Luke McGrath who to be fair made an outstanding intervention at the end of that Wales game but did that one come as a surprise to you maybe not as much of a surprise as Toner's exclusion yeah I think there was a degree of yeah, there was certainly like Luke McGrath had a great season and Schmidt in, in that video with Michael Corkin you mentioned earlier um, alludes to the fact that McGrath had a sensational season with Leinster and he has really come on. Um, the energy, like if, if we're going on the basis that Conor Murray is fully fit, um, 
you know, as a backup option coming off the bench. I think Luke McGrath does offer a lot more than than Marmion. Um, just the energy he brings, he, the tempo he brings, um, you know, some of his support lines, you know, Murray consistently speaks about it on this podcast, like the support lines are second to none. He always finds himself in those positions, his work rate. Um, and as Murray said, that he has, by all accounts, been training really, really well in Carton House. And again, that was something Schmidt alluded to, the fact that they've been keeping an eye, not just on these warm-up games, but how the players have been performing in training. And, and he's obviously impressed there. Um, as you mentioned, he, he came on on Saturday and, and made that crucial intervention um, towards the end as well. So certainly a player that deserves his chance. But again, like Devon Tone or Marmion has been such, such a trusted player for Schmidt down through the years and he's constantly referred to his versatility that he brings and, and that game that he obviously came on against Australia on the wing. So um, again, an incredibly tough and tight decision, but you, you can't really begrudge McGrath the opportunities. He's had two fantastic seasons with Leinster and I suppose that as well, that dynamic with Sexton, relationship with Sexton, that 9-10 axis you know, you can't really overlook that as well. If, if something was to happen to Conor Murray, McGrath and Sexton have that relationship at 9-10. I think what it has to tell us is that there is no, there is no question over Conor Murray, whatever that knock he yeah. took is, that there can't be any doubts over him now because uh, Luke McGrath, I think, has started three tests in the last three years. Whenever a big game comes around, Kieran Marmion's always been the preferred alternative option if... if uh, if the main man Conor Murray is isn't available, it looks it looks more like Luke McGrath is going there as because he gives a, a little bit more impact off the bench. He, he he's able to change it up a little bit more. Uh, whereas Marmion, has, I think he's nearly a victim of of what he's tried to do to fit in mm. to Joe Schmidt's system. He's he's tried to um, replicate Conor Murray more often than not, rather than playing that exciting kind of. Uh, not the burden of rays, but swashbuckling style that, that Connacht so often use yeah. and, and impress with. Whereas, uh, yeah, I think Marmion or Luke McGrath is obviously a tremendous attacking player and, and runs these great trail lines and scores so many tries. And I think we will see that at some point in the World Cup. But yeah, I have to feel for Kieran Marmion for all he's done to, to think, try and fit in. To think less than, what, 10 months ago, he started that All Blacks win yeah. in Dublin. To, to think now that a fully fit Karen Marmion isn't going to the World Cup is, is quite incredible, really. Yeah. Shawnee, when we were looking at the Wales game the other day from the office, we were putting together our winners and losers and I believe we had Chris Farrell as one of our losers purely on the basis that Bundyaki played so well inside him and Will Addison seemed to operate very nicely as well uh, in the back three and yet Farrell is in, Addison misses out. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very happy for Chris Farrell actually because <laughs> well, when we talk about doing things right, you know, he, he's he's come home from France. He's he's gone to a province that isn't his own, and he's just been an explosive force in any time he's fit for for Ireland or Munster. The the exclusion to that uh, was probably this past week and and Saturday, having gone so well and and played so well out of position at twelve against Italy. He had one of his, by far, one of his quieter games for Ireland. Um, probably just let down by his handling. A couple of balls slipped out of his hands just as he was about to to make some gain lines. Um, but I think he's he's a great weapon to have, great weapon to bring to a World Cup. Uh, Will Addison, I, I think Murray in your original post this morning, you had him as a as an either or between between Farrell and Addison. Uh, he's obviously very close. He had a brilliant first half. Uh, against Wales but 
he always seemed to be up against it going into that game. He always seemed to be coming from away back then, the pecking order. Uh, Farrell, I just think, although he's probably fourth in the, in the list of centres at the minute, he can deliver something completely different, uh, even more explosive than Robbie Henshaw, even than, than Gary Ringrose. And uh, yeah, he can he can bust lines if if it comes time to to send him in against anyone. Regarding Addison's, sorry, Murray, go on. Yeah, the thing with Addison, I guess, I had sense he would make it in with with his versatility. Um, you do have to consider the physical um, well-being of players when you're heading away with a 31-man squad, which is very limited. And, and unfortunately for Will Addison, he's had a lot of injury issues just recently returning, obviously, from that back surgery. Looked really sharp, I thought, and, and certainly adds something different at 15 with that really nice balanced running style. He's got a lovely vi- uh, vision for, for where to run to space. Oftentimes, you see him running straight across the pitch and Many players, that's a, a weakness, but he seems to turn in shoulders and, and slip people into gaps really well. Um, so I'd say he was very, very close to getting into the squad. But if you're considering durability as an important factor, which Joe Schmidt definitely was, it kind of makes sense in, in that way. Interesting in, in enough in his video, Schmidt also pointed out to Ringrose playing on the wing there at the weekend. Uh, he also said he can cover fullback, which I'm not quite sure about. I know he played there as a youngster, and I think Joe go anywhere, was confused <laughs> about him having played fullback in school, or sorry, out half in school, which definitely didn't but listen it seems like Gary Ringrose is going to cover everything um, but he does he does feel there's a bit of versatility in that sense as well and obviously some of those back three guys can play in the centre as well um, and an interesting one as well for me is Reese Ruddock you mentioned it earlier on Gavin um, him getting into the back rows essentially ahead of Jordy Murphy it looks like who is unlucky to miss out and has been another kind of stalwart in, in Joe Schmidt squads and we felt probably offered that versatility across all three back row positions I thought when Reese Roddick missed out there last weekend against the Welsh that that was him done. He was with the squad as one of the extra players, um, but I just felt that he hadn't got an opportunity to to really put him, put his hand up. Um, clearly, Schmidt is, is rating his leadership again for those probably Russia Samoa games. You, you could imagine him almost captaining the side in, in one of those games, and he offers a really physical presence. He's also played seven for Ireland uh, a decent amount, um, so he can kind of switch across there as well. To, to cover it but he's done really well and, and another guy you'd have to be happy for it looked like it wasn't going to go his way but he, he gets in there the thing with guys like Murphy and Addison um, and all those who've been narrowly missed out you never know what's going to happen even this weekend mm. in a very physical match against Wales and then uh, those first two tough pool games so I think everyone would be absolutely dejected it's horrible news to get for players but there's always the possibility that you're you're still going to feature Yeah tough as well for Jordy Murphy Ryan having essentially uprooted his entire yeah. life with the view toward making this World Cup squad or at least figuring for Ireland more prominently and never really has put that much of a foot wrong again in Irish colours. Has had a very had a very good season last season for Ulster. And just one of those things where perhaps, as Murray says, the fact that Roddock offers potential captaincy and yeah. is just a really good guy to have around the squad, keeping an eye on people and has that um, innate ability to lead might have just given him the edge in the end. Yeah, I remember speaking to Jordy Murphy at the before the Six Nations this year and, you know, he was quite honest in, in saying that Joe had directly told him that if you're looking to get into his team or into his World Cup squad for later um, in the year that he needed to be playing consistent European rugby and obviously that he wasn't getting that um, with Leinster and, and that's why he made the move up north and I don't think he could have done anything differently. Like he had a superb debut season with Ulster, helped them get to the quarterfinals. And as we know, they were unlucky not to advance past Leinster at that stage. Um, you know, again, as Sean was saying, like Reese Ruddock and 
you know, he obviously has that leadership and he's so abrasive um, in those, you know, really physical games. And he brings that, you know, extra dynamism and he's so powerful and he's, you know, he's he's a great athlete. Um, I just hope he can stay fit as well because, you know, he has had his injury problems down through the years and, you know, he's been so unlucky. And even think back to the 2015 World Cup, he narrowly missed out on that squad and then was called over for... Um, the infamous quarterfinal um, at the last minute and you know his World Cup experience was very brief that time so you hope that he gets a, a well-rounded experience this time and he goes well and as Murray said you can really see him leading from the front in those games um, you know potentially against Mo and Russia and you know he's, he's a great um, guy to have in the back row and, and Schmidt obviously really really likes him and he's a, a trusted lieutenant I suppose of him. Murray, before we um, wrap, what changed? Why was the squad officially confirmed today? Was it purely a reaction to the fact that it had been <laughs> released to certain members of the media, yourself included? I'll, I'll argue with saying released to. We worked hard. <laughs> to, be fair to, to be fair to Rory Connor and the Irish Independent, he, he had it out a couple of minutes before us and, and I know it was a, <laughs> a tough night for him. So it was a bit of hard work on, on everyone's part. I don't know why they changed the plan. Um, but I think it's definitely better that they have done that. You know, you always want to officially confirmed, so we're not just discussing um, things that aren't definite, um, definite from the from the squad themselves. So that's a, a good measure. It would have been really nice to have a Joe Schmidt press conference just to go into things a little bit more depth with him um, and figure out some of those decisions. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a really impressive squad. I think we also should probably touch on Rory Best is in there as captain. I know we discussed last week a, a lot about that and. Our sense was that he was certainly not going anywhere. He did look extremely hung- hungry getting off the bench against the mm. Welsh. Really high tackle count, got some really nice shots on and obviously contributed to the the, the penalty try as well. It's an athletic squad, isn't it? It's mobile, tight burn in there. You think of Reese Roddick, powerful, Chris Farrell, powerful. All those decisions have gone the way, even like Andrew Porter as your, as your fifth prop. They're really explosive presences and it looks like he's going to try and match it to, to what is going to be um, a, a kind of hot atmosphere. It'll be it'll be good open run, running rugby. Hopefully at, at the World Cup and and the squad looks um, well set up for that. Yeah, we'll we'll know more from Joe Schmidt in the next couple of days. They'll have media tomorrow. It, it, he's not due until Thursday to speak, but it'll certainly be fascinating. And I know he will have uh, spent a lot of a lot of hours on this. He probably hasn't slept at all since the match on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he speaks to you at all. To be honest, uh, Shawnee, go on. Yeah, it's just the the poor the poor forgotten out halves we haven't even mentioned yet. I mean, obviously not a glamour position for uh, in any in any <laughs> area of rugby, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Jack Carty making it in is, mm, is a phenomenal story. Story won his first cap at the age of twenty six earlier this year. Just turned twenty seven on the weekend. Great to see him in there. <laughs> if you wonder if if. Scotland game was tomorrow. Is he the only fit out half that we, that we have? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see some of Johnny Sexton before before that comes around. But just as you mentioned, the quarter final between Ulster and Leinster earlier this year, like that game, to me, I was looking at that game thinking Ross Byrne is is effectively booking his seat on a plane from that game because he showed ice in the veins. He was playing through pain. He uh, guided Leinster through a a really tough test and, mm. and uh, held his nerve to kick a, a brilliant win and penalty in the end. But uh, but no, it's not to be. Jack Jack uh, comes from comes from way back and, and edges them out in uh, three really exciting out halves we, we have in that position now. And it's, uh, yeah, bodes well for whatever attack Ireland want to put together. 
it's true enough like uh, Carty probably a late bloomer in every sense of the word in relation to his rugby ability and we saw enough at the weekend Ryan actually to suggest that if he does have to step in if there is no uh, fit Carberry or something does happen to Sexton that he can well and truly steer the ship in a test match against a high calibre of opposition Yeah absolutely and it's been great to kind of track his progress over the last kind of year two years with, with Connacht he's obviously been playing some superb rugby and playing with full full of confidence conviction and we saw it even um, when he came off the bench against um, Wales during the Six Nations just he offered you know the game was long gone at that stage of contest over but he just offered something different and, and Schmidt kind of referenced it last week when he was talking about his big opportunity on Saturday which he he took with both hands and it was great that with no out half on the bench, he could get the full 80 as well. That, you know, Schmidt wasn't, you know, hauling him off after 55 to have a look at someone else. He could, he there was, you know, a lot of road in front of him there that he could just play his game and focus on. And, you know, he obviously did a stellar job. I think he was named sponsors man of the match as well, which is a great kind of reflection on his performance. And as Sean said, it's just a great story that, you know, you feel for Ross Byrne, he hasn't done much wrong, but, you know, Carty offers something different. His, you know, we, we nearly saw one of his trademark kicks, um, chip and chases, nearly very very nearly coming off and Connacht fans will obviously be very familiar with that so he offers something different he's an exciting player to have in, in the squad and as again it's just a great story delighted for him yeah we're all a lot more optimistic I think than we would have been this time last week or even the week before Murray I'm looking forward to Wednesday night Liberty Hall Theatre there will be a hot atmosphere as you um, <laughs> called it there a minute ago when uh, we sit down with James Lowe and Scott Fardy uh, are you looking forward to it yourself? Yeah, can't wait to get their perspective, I guess, even from New Zealand. Wally's point of view, we're, we're obviously very insular, especially at the moment now with the squad, but they're guys who will obviously have a good understanding of what's going on in, in the, the squads over there. Potentially a quarterfinal rival for Ireland, depending on how things work out, or potentially even a final, but let's not get too uh, too giddy about it. Um, <laughs> it is going to be a great night, though, and there's, there's so much to discuss and so much to look forward to. So hopefully people come along and have a, have a really good time. Yeah, there are only a few tickets left. There are 20 or you can find details on the 42 and we're looking forward to seeing you all down there. Uh, that's it for today's emergency episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly. A reminder that it is brought to you by Volkswagen, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Ryan and Sean, thanks a mil. Cheers, Gav. Thanks for that, Gav. I'll catch you in two minutes when we leave the studio. And Murray, <laughs> for a see day. you during the week. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Let's calm me down. <laughs> that's the job. Okay, thanks a million, guys. Hopefully we'll see you down there on Wednesday. And uh, sure, if not, we'll see you again. Best of luck. And the radio's on a better runaway model With a face like sin And a hand like a James Joyce novel 